0: Homestyle Green Episode 185 What exactly is airtightness and why do we need it? In early September 2011, Professor Ian Stewart sealed himself inside a plant-filled glass box for 48 hours as part of the Eden Project. The box was in Cornwall, UK and the experiment was part of a BBC documentary titled How Plants Made the World. The point of Professor Stewart's visual experiment was to see if plants could adequately supply the oxygen he would need in order to survive inside a hermetically sealed box. Professor Stewart was closely monitored by doctors and did indeed survive his 48-hour experiment, but he did emerge with a headache. The type of environment created by Professor Ian Stewart in his glass box is not ideal. And it is exactly not what we're talking about when we talk about airtightness. But this image of a glass box hermetically sealed is often the type of image that comes to mind when we say the word airtight. New Zealanders, and probably Australians too, are scared of airtightness. The typical response is, buildings need to breathe. In this episode, I want to look at the truth and the myth of airtightness. Let's start with a question Is the human body, your body, airtight? Yes, it is. People often say that skin breathes, but really, skin, human skin, transpires. That is, it lets moisture out when we sweat, yet, it's waterproof and it's also airtight. This seems like a pretty good design. Of course, the human body does breathe, but it breathes, you breathe, through very specific holes and tubes, i.e. mouth, nose, down into your lungs. Aside from these specific holes, the other thing to note about the human body is that our skin is continuous. If indeed you have some holes in your skin, and maybe you you wanted to increase the airflow and have a bit of a draught to let some fresh air into your body you'd actually have a serious problem. Probably a punctured lung and you'd need to get to the emergency room very quickly. Before we carry on, let's uh, define a few terms. What are we actually talking about when we say airtightness in relation to buildings? We can think of our skin as being airtight because it keeps air out of our body. In building science terminology though, we like to think of airtightness as what goes on inside the building. Think of air-tightness as keeping the air in and stopping air from getting into our walls. We'll come back to why this is important later. From the outside, it's a similar concept, but we call this weather-tightness. That is, stopping the wind and the rain from getting into the walls from the outside. New Zealand homes, and Australian homes as well, have traditionally not been either weather-tight nor air-tight they're drafty and they're leaky. But this brings us to another couple of important definitions. Leakiness is not ventilation. Leaky buildings have infiltration. Ventilation is the controlled flow of air, including fresh air supply, combined with extraction of stale and damp air. Infiltration, on the other hand, is the accidental movement of air through holes, cracks and openings in the building envelope. In many instances the rate of infiltration, that is the accidental uncontrolled air movement, can be like cold air through a woolen jersey on a windy day. When you stand outside watching a soccer game on a cold windy day with just a woolly jumper on, you'll still feel cold. You need a windproof jacket to make your insulation work properly. It makes an otherwise very leaky envelope, your woolen jumper, tight to the wind. This allows the woolen jumper to do its job in trapping air and keeping you warm. Most New Zealand and Australian houses, even the new ones with wool insulation installed, are no more than leaky woolly jumpers. So just how leaky are our homes? Well, brands have done some testing to find out using blower doors just how leaky our homes are. They report these measurements as ACH50 that is air changes per hour at a pressure difference of 50 pascals. Why 50 pascals? Well this is quite a high pressure and much more than a house would ever naturally experience even during the largest storm with the highest winds. But the reason why we use 50 pascals is it's easier to measure with accuracy the level of leakiness of the envelope. Air movement through a a wall or roof or any part of the building occurs due to the relative difference in pressures between the inside and the outside. If there's only a small difference in pressure, there'll only be a small movement of air. And small movements of air are hard to measure accurately. Have you ever tried to find a puncture in a bicycle tube? You could find this tiny, slow leak with just a small amount of air in the tube, but it's much easier when you over-inflate the bicycle tube. By pressurizing or depressurizing our house to 50 pascals difference between inside and outside, we're doing the same thing as over-inflating a bicycle tube to find a puncture. In most test methods, the leakiness is actually measured over a range of pressure differences, and we extrapolate to verify the ACH50 value. 50 pascals has become the standard chosen pressure for reporting. So an important point to note regarding air changes per hour whenever you see this reported is that the figure you're seeing is not usually the equivalent number of times the volume of air inside the house will be replaced each hour in ambient conditions. It's an artificial number showing the hypothetical air changes in pressure, uh, air changes if the pressure difference was in fact 50 pascals. Remember, that is a much higher than natural value. How does N50 relate to real life? Well, during normal conditions, there's a much lower pressure difference between inside and outside of a building but there are lots of variables, for example, where the wind is coming from, the elevation of the building, and even how humid the air is. Sometimes an approximation infiltration rate is obtained by dividing the ACH50 value by the number 20. This is not accurate, and I know a lot of scientists will bristle at the idea of simply dividing the value by 20. But I find it useful for giving us at least some idea of what we're talking about. So back to the brand's research. You can see from the figures that are presented, check the show show notes for this episode, that New Zealand homes have become more and more airtight. Those built before 1960 generally range from between 12 air changes per hour right up to 25 air changes per hour. Remember, the higher the value, the more leaky the building is. A modern single storey, simple house with aluminium joinery, maybe plywood or concrete floors and more modern building materials can be as low as four air changes per hour. So why have our homes become more and more airtight? Well I've given you a couple of clues just, just with these prior examples. Aluminium joinery replaced timber frames and leaky sash windows. Sheet materials like plywood or concrete replace leaky tongue and groove floorboards, and engineered cladding materials are straighter and fit more tightly together than rough sawn weatherboards. We've also added things like building wraps and more modern materials in general. But the other thing to note about these data and the graphs presented by brands regarding the increasing air tightness of our buildings is the continuing range that we see even in the most modern buildings. The spread of airtightness measurements of our housing stock is huge. The leakiest modern home may be more leaky than the most airtight home built half a century ago. And the range of all our housing stock varies by nearly a whole order of magnitude, from three air changes per hour right up to 30. This variability of air tightness in our buildings, I think, is a good enough reason alone for us to do more air tightness measurements and be more knowledgeable of the specific house that we that we are in or responsible for. So, to emphasise the general increasing air tightness of New Zealand homes since the 1960s, we can flip these figures around and do the rough estimation of dividing the values by 20 and seeing what the air changes are in relative ambient conditions. A pre-1960s house with a ACH value of 20 equates roughly to about one air change per hour in ambient conditions. What does that mean? It means that the typical New Zealand house built before 1970, you can expect all of the air inside to be replaced every single hour. Does this explain why old houses are so hard to heat? it certainly does you basically have to keep reheating them again and again and again every single hour houses built between 1970 and 1990 have on average an air change at 50 pascals of 10 air changes per hour this equates to around about half ach in ambient conditions this is slightly better you only have to reheat your house every two hours and so it continues. Houses built in the 2000s with a air, uh, an air change rate of 5, of 5 ACH at 50 pascals. Now we're down to having to reheat our home only every four hours. This starts to give a clue as to the attraction of passive house which aims and requires an ACH of 0.6. At this level The ambient air changes are less than 0.1, which is why passive house homes are so energy efficient. The underlying principle of passive house is that exceptional comfort and energy efficiency can be achieved by creating a very, very airtight building envelope. To achieve the standard, a house must be constructed and measured to have an airtightness of less than 0.6 ACH50. In ambient conditions, this would equate to losing less than a mere 3% of the air from inside the house each hour. This is amazing for energy efficiency and comfort, because you're not having to continually reheat or recool the house. But isn't passive house or airtight construction approaching something similar to Professor Stewart's hermetically sealed box? This is one of the biggest concerns and barriers that people have with concepts like passive house and air tightness in general. So if we aim for air tightness to achieve better energy efficiency it's true that our buildings could become hermetically sealed boxes if we don't give them a set of lungs and some breathing apparatus just like our own bodies. The human body breathes through specific intakes and exhaust vents i.e. nose, mouth, Air is directed through pipes where it's tempered with our own body warmth and the air is directed into the lungs where very specialized membranes control the flow of gases into and out of our circulatory system. The whole process is powered by the constant motion of our diaphragm. Buildings should also have very specific holes for air intake and exhaust. Fresh air coming in should be tempered with the heat energy inside the building so we don't lose energy. And the process should be controlled and continuous. So air tightness is all about control. When you stand out on that soccer field in the winter with just a woolen jersey on, you're at the mercy of the elements. An uninsulated house with no weather tightness layer is at the mercy of the wind. Weather tightness, a jacket on the outside of the insulation, is important for keeping out wind and rain. It's imperative for making insulation work properly because if air is moving, it's not insulating. Air tightness, a membrane on the inside of the insulation, helps us to make the insulation work properly from the inside. This is important for stopping warm, moist air leaking into that wall where it will eventually find a dew point and condense, leading to mold, the worst type of mold because it will be invisible because it will be inside the wall. This is why air tightness, our internal membrane, is just as important as weather tightness from keeping water out from the outside. And as with the skin on our own bodies, remember that both air tightness and weather tightness layers should be and need to be continuous. Think of your own skin. Think about why we've evolved for it to hurt so much when our skin is punctured. Perhaps evolution has recognized the importance of a continuous membrane. Mind the Gap. Gaps in weather-tightness and air-tightness cause uncertainty. Gaps cause inefficiency. Gaps cause discomfort. And gaps can lead to mold and decay. This is why when we get to thinking about how homes and buildings should really perform, it pays to be pedantic about both the weather tightness layer and the air tightness layer. Gaps become very, very important, just like that hole in your bicycle tire tube. So in summary, we've defined a few important terms. Weather tightness, that's what protects our building and our insulation from the outside from the wind and the rain. Air tightness is what protects our walls and our insulation from moisture and air moving into the wall from the inside. And it also helps with energy efficiency and comfort. Infiltration is the accidental uncontrolled airflow through our building envelope. While ventilation is the controlled and continuous supply of fresh air balanced with the extraction of stale air. In short, we need air tightness because air tightness is about control. Buildings do need to breathe, but walls don't. Just like your skin, it might need to transpire and allow moisture in the form of vapor to escape, but you don't want air moving through a wall. You want the air moving through those very specific holes, designed holes in your building envelope and through a ventilation system. Since the 1960s, New Zealand and Australian homes have become increasingly, but accidentally, airtight. Some houses are also holding their breath for a really long time, while others have gaping wounds all over their skin. Airtightness is important for controlling the flow of air and moisture into, out of, and through a building. Airtightness airtightness must be coupled with ventilation to avoid creating a hermetically sealed box. Ventilation is necessary to look after people and things inside the building. Infiltration can't and shouldn't be relied upon. Weather tightness and air tightness are necessary to look after the envelope of the building. Wall linings and claddings can't and shouldn't be relied upon. I'd like to finish off by acknowledging Proclimer. Proclima specialises in air tightness and weather tightness systems for buildings. Proclima supports this podcast and they can also help you with your next project. Check them out proclima.co.nz or proclima.com.au. I'm Matthew Cutler Welsh, this is Homestyle Green. Now go make a better place to live.